Welcome back to your therapy tools. Today's episode is focused on boundaries, and I have a couple of examples to discuss with you. And um, I know I've talked to many of you regarding boundaries and that rigid boundaries are very firm boundaries and you do not waver an inch. You're very firm on it. And that's that. And then there are porous boundaries, which means basically that you're a doormat and anybody can manipulate you and get anything out of you. And you are left exhausted and feeling none of your needs get met. And when you have rigid boundaries, you meet all of your own needs and you don't, uh, you don't back down if somebody's trying to violate that. And I always talk about, you know, we need to be somewhere in the middle, have healthy boundaries. And of course, it it depends on the circumstances. You know, for example, if you're out in public and somebody wants to touch you or sit too close to you, you might say, hey, uh, I need a little personal space here, buddy. You need to back off. Uh, but if you're at home and your children are crawling all over you like spider monkeys, you're cool with it because, you know, that's your kid. So boundaries depend on who we're with, what the situation is, and the environment that we're in. But there is one difference. If you're if you're in a narcissistic relationship, a toxic relationship, a relationship where the other person has manipulated and t- taken advantage of you and... Um, mentally abused you, verbally abused you, cheated on you, all of those things, you might be asking yourself, why me? Why does this person choose me? Um, and it's a boundary thing. What Number one, it's a boundary thing. And that's that's why it's so important when I'm working with all of my clients, all of you. Um, I, I teach negative thinking patterns. I teach the breathing exercise. And I usually jump straight into boundaries after that because a lot of us just don't understand really what boundaries are supposed to be unless our parents teach us. You know, like if you think about a a few decades ago, our parents used to maybe tell us nobody will respect you if you don't respect yourself. And boundaries are a huge piece of respecting yourself. Um, holding yourself to a higher standard, believing that you are worthy of respect, believing that you are worthy, period. So here's the first example. Um, Let's say there are two different people, okay? Betty has porous boundaries and Fred has rigid boundaries. So Fred was an only child. He wasn't raised to be taught that he had to share everything. He could share things if he wanted to with his friends, but he had no siblings that he had to share with. So Fred grew up uh, more independent and not sharing, not worrying about considering others as much. Uh, He still, even though he's that way in his marriage, he's very loving and devoted to his wife. However, when other people think about asking somebody for a favor or asking somebody if they could borrow money or if they can borrow a lawnmower, etc. They know not to ask Fred. They know the answer will be no. 
they don't even consider asking Fred when they want to um, use somebody for whatever reason. They never say, forget about it. Fred will say, no, we don't even bother. Fred has rigid boundaries. Fred doesn't have to worry about anybody taking advantage of him. And a toxic or narcissistic type of person would absolutely not be attracted to Fred. They would look at Fred and say, well, there's no way I can get my hooks into that one, so I'll just move along. And now let's think about Betty. Betty is the type of person who wants to see everybody happy, who wants to be thought of as a good person. She really is concerned about people liking her and she's very concerned about what people think. And if somebody doesn't like her or gets upset with her, she can't stand it. The guilt tears her to pieces. So Betty makes it a point to always be there for anybody who needs her, including they can call her at two in the morning while they're drunk and crying. And Betty will get up even though she has to get up and go to work the next morning, she'll get up and talk to them and lose out on her sleep and make their chaos and their problem more important than her well-being. At work, Betty can have a project that she has to get done that is very detailed and huge. And somebody like Angie can walk in and say, Betty, do you have a minute to talk? And Betty will stop working and turn around and give Angie her full attention. And Angie will go on telling a stupid story about some drama that happened while she was out running errands. And the minute that Angie asked for turns into 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And the message that Betty is sending is, I have zero boundaries and I will place the importance and worthiness of you above myself at all times. So now Angie knows anytime she wants to vent, complain, um, have somebody to listen and have a full attention audience, she knows she can go to Betty's office. So Betty is in for a whole lot of torment because now Betty's going to have to work from home to finish that project. Betty is going to have to lose sleep and miss out on whatever may be going on in her in her private life, like birthday parties or book clubs or whatever it is that Betty likes to do. She's going to have to cancel everything and focus on getting her work done now. All because she wanted to be nice. And she feels like if somebody needs to talk, you should never turn them away because what if they're depressed or what if they go commit suicide or what what if what if they tell people you're a mean person? Ooh. So Betty is the type of person that a narcissist would be very attracted to. They know they can get their claws in her easily and stay there and get all of their narcissistic supply, all of their feeding done on a regular basis. So that's the difference with boundaries. And if you're already in a toxic relationship, it's important to set boundaries. You can do it. It may seem like, well, I'm already stuck here, so what do I do? No, you can do it. You have to focus more on yourself. Stop focusing on the other person. Realize and radically accept the fact that the other person is toxic. 
They are drama. They are toxic. Um, they have no accountability. You can never make them truly apologize. And remember, the words I'm sorry are just a manipulation unless there's changed behavior. And with somebody like that, you're not going to get that changed behavior. They will manipulate. Oh, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. I swear I'll never do it again. And then the minute that you put your guard down, they're doing it again. So it's important to radically accept them for who they are and just tell yourself, don't fight, don't argue, don't cry, don't try, don't beg, don't try to convince them of anything. They know damn well what and who they are and they know damn well what they are doing. So don't give them excuses, don't justify, don't pass any judgment whatsoever. Just say to yourself, he is who he is, or she is who she is. And there's nothing that will change that. And then focus on yourself. And if they're trying to bait you into an argument, don't bite the hook. Just, you know, sometimes narcissists, a lot of times narcissists, um, they're very attracted to drama. They're very dramatic. And they, if they're bored and there's nothing else going on, they'll start a fight with you just to have some drama because they're bored. Um, you can redirect them. You can turn on their favorite reality TV show. You can tell them, hey, I don't, I, I can see that you're upset. I'm going to give you some space and turn on their favorite reality TV show or uh, show them something on social media that's dramatic where people are arguing back and forth. They love that kind of stuff. So don't engage and focus on you. Have you been wanting to take care of some sort of a project or idea that you've had rolling around in the back of your head? Now it's time to get to work on that and uh, tell them, you know, I I would love to sit and chat, but I really need to work on this. I'll talk to you later. Um, and if you're dating, if you're on the dating scene, um, you can tell who's toxic right away. It's easy. They, uh, they want to love bomb you. They want to hear your whole life story so that they have some ammunition to work with. And they will tell you their life story and they are either all hero or all victim in their stories. There's no in-between. Every ex-partner they've had has been crazy, psychotic, uh, promiscuous. Um, they will just go down the line of, of pulling all of your sympathy. Or they will try to pull all of your admiration and they will list all of their good deeds and how amazing they are and all of that kind of stuff. They'll try to move way too fast. They'll want to sleep with you on the first or second date. They'll want you to move in together by the by the end of the week. They'll ask you to marry them on day five. <laughs> um, and it's important to set your boundaries there too. If some, you know, sometimes we do just fall in love. Sometimes it's not a toxic person, but the way to test that is to you know, if they want you to go back to their place on the first night, you can say, I don't know you well enough for that, but I would love to get to know you better. So let's, let's do this again. Let's go out again next week and have respect for yourself and set that boundary. If it's a toxic person, they'll cancel the next date or they'll ghost you because, um, 
they know that you have self-respect and boundaries and they can't just get their hooks in. But if you go home with them and you don't set that boundary, then it's almost like you're kind of stuck. Now they're, now they feel like they own you. So just a little more about boundaries. If you have questions or comments, feel free to leave them. I will get back to you. Um, boundaries are super important. So I hope this week, if you have poor boundaries, porous boundaries, I hope that you'll decide to set some boundaries because you're worth it. You are so worth it. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in.